Maybe I'll get one tonight, huh? Yeah, I, I gave myself a buzz earlier. Yeah? Way to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, I'm still picking up hair from it. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's welcome people back, Simon. Sure, folks, you better welcome back <laughs> to another episode of Maybe Next Time. Ah, I'm your host, William, my co-host, <laughs> Simon <laughs> McCormack. <laughs> Nets Nation. Uh, <laughs> was uh, was a good uh, vice presidential debate. I really had nothing. Sometimes I can pull it off there at the end. This this was not one of them. No, that was one of the bigger crash and burns. But we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk with you, our beloved listener, about all things. Nets Nation, Simon, how the heck are you? I'm better than a sack of cam- of uh, quarters. Better than a sack of quarters. <laughs> Honestly, in 2020, hard to think of things much better than a sack of quarters. Yeah, a sack there's a change of- shortage, William. I know there's a change shortage, but really, how often are you using change during this? This time. Well, that's the problem. No one's using the change, but sometimes you need change and nobody's got change. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get to a coin star. It's an epidemic. Uh, we go to coin stars occasionally. Yeah? Yeah, I got a whole jar of coins over here. Do you take the money and just put it in your wallet or do you go out and, you know, hit up a red lobster or something? Um, we've we usually do the latter. Um never okay. never a lobster, but um you know, something comparable in our in our area. Uh-huh. Like, um, hmm, this is going to be really interesting to our listeners. Um, it's a restaurant in Park Slope I can't remember the name of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Mexican place on Fifth Avenue in Sterling. I think it closed down, but there are a few of them. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to stop myself here. Uh-huh. Dead in the dead in the middle of this uh, riveting anecdote, to uh, turn our attention to the matter at hand, Simon, the Brooklyn Nets. Is this the um, time of the day that that Hillary set aside for putting all of uh, your forks and knives into a pillowcase and violently slamming it against <laughs> your microphone? Or is that what it sounds like? Basically, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you know what that is. It's the cans oh, outside. Oh, it's the cans. Of course it's the cans. <laughs> yeah, they are going on those cans right now. It sounds like they're doing quite a few bottles, actually. And uh, as the bottles hit something, it appears to be shattering. They mostly do bottles, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they right. love those bottles. I, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna quickly just blow my nose here. I need to go get a uh, tissue. But you want me to do a little filler for you? Maybe I could you... try to. Maybe I could look up. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna okay. look up okay. on my phone what that restaurant I was thinking of was. <laughs> Perfect, folks. We'll be with you in a moment. Uh, yeah, no. I think people have a right to know that there is. I I feel like Poyo is uh is in the title. Um. 
I don't know if that's ringing any bells for people. If you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Fifth Avenue and and Sterling in Park Slope. It used to be there. There were like three of them. Hmm. Um, really good food. I thought um, had some nice nice rest uh, nice enchiladas. El Pollo. Yeah. El Pollo. Maybe. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. All right. If you, <laughs> listener, know what the hell I'm talking about, let me know. There was another one, too, on Fifth Avenue. Uh, but The name, I don't know. <laughs> El Pollo? No. Nah, it's not El Pollo. But we are here <laughs> in the midst of a riveting NBA Finals. <laughs> There's only one thing people actually want to hear about, and that is your Brooklyn Nets. Um, did you know that Olivia Sedra, our announcer, is mm-hmm. doing all the announcing in the bubble? I didn't know he was doing all of it. I, I knew that he was there doing doing some games, but I didn't know he was doing the finals. Oh, well, you know what? Now that I say that, I, I don't know that for sure either, but he did something out there. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we're here to talk about, folks. Not that in particular, but the Nets in general. Uh, we've got a pretty pretty uh, packed show today. So you you ready to delve in, or would you like me to try to remember what that place was called? <laughs> maybe if you can do both. I can't. If you want to talk for a minute, I could maybe figure it out. <laughs> okay. Do you want to give me an idea of what segment you'd like to do, and then I can set it oh, up? Oh, yeah. How about this? Let's go to Katie's Corner. I have no idea what the Katie's Corner is. Great. Well, Simon, let me read you a little headline that's going to kick off Katie's Corner for us, okay? Okay. Believe it or not, folks, Katie is in the news again. Headline reads, quote, Nets Kevin Durant says he has no plans to opt out early. Simon? Any reaction uh-huh. to that? Any reaction? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll, hold on. I'll read. I'll read another quote because that one didn't do much to jog you, the old uh, grab your attention. Okay, can I read a quote? Yep. This is what Durant <laughs> texted on the show. He said, "As of today, this to whether or not he's going to stay with the Nets forever. As of today, this second, yes." <laughs> so for one second on a podcast I had never heard of, KD was committed to staying in Brooklyn for the remainder of his career. Simon, is this news? Uh, I think it is perhaps news as the most um, caveated declaration uh, of all time. Uh it is so so um, measured and um, tentative as to be pretty much meaningless. Um, I mean, glad he didn't say, "I can't wait to not be a net." Yeah. As soon as I possibly can, <laughs> I'm going to bolt. Um, that would hurt. Yeah, that would be worse. But the idea that. A guy who still technically has three years on his contract 
is saying, yeah, I'll stay within it. Um, he's, <laughs> you know, at least that's what I think right now. As you're asking me this second, I can say yes. But to, to put it mildly, I'm, I'm leaving a little room in case I change my mind. Right. He also mentions uh, that he's going to retire by the age of 35. Okay. Interesting. Yep. And, that's sad. Um, yeah, sad. I mean, sure. That's that's too bad. Still, we could. He's only thirty-one right now, right? I think he'll be thirty-two by the time by most the, of the season next year happens. Right. Okay, Simon. It was called El Pollito Mexicano. Ah, El Pollito. It was really Terrific. good. It was really good. Had great margaritas. It closed down, unfortunately, permanently. Mm. It looks like it had two and a half stars on uh, on Yelp. Oof. Which ain't great. I remember liking it quite a bit. Yes, indeed. Uh, but it just wasn't for the uh, you know the wonderful people who live in Park Slope. It wasn't to their taste. So <laughs> not El Pollito's fault. Um, okay, I've got a question for you, Simon. Since this Katie's Corner is kind of a, what we like to call a Deadsville, um, <laughs> do you think? Both KD and Kyrie play out their entire contracts in Brooklyn? I hmm, I think I fear KD will or sorry, I, I fear um, Kyrie will and that's because I think he basically has the body of a 35 year old right now and in two years he will be very happy to take whatever it is, 40 plus million uh, in that final fourth year. But, you know, the optimist in me says, actually says no, because um, if if they are opting in, it's a bad sign Um, because they should theoretically be thinking, okay, I can opt out and get, more money and you know of course we'd like them to be with in, in that instance we you know like hopefully it's, like it's it because, to be with us right they'd like it to be with us because they've won you know two championships and they want to do a third and they're good enough that yes they they could make more money and they want to do it with the nets okay so maybe let me reframe my my question okay so their contracts with the opt-in go for three more years, right? Yes. Do you think that at the end of three years, whether or not they opt into that or renegotiate a new contract, do you think in three years KD and Kyrie are going to be on the Nets? That's my question. I think that's not my question. I think that's Nets Nation's question. Um, and you're the soothsayer we're going to. I am going to say that I hope that that's the case, but if you're asking me whether I think it's the case, I'm asking I would say, you what you think. <laughs> I think <laughs> for about I, the 18th time, I'm asking you what you I think gotta about go to El Pollo Loco, <laughs> El Pollito, Little um, Chicken. <laughs> um, I am gonna say, I would say I'm about 55 to 60 percent sure they will not be. Both of them will not be. Wow, both of them. Yeah. 
just just because I think there's too much, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the way players um, do it now, they, they just don't stick with a team for very long, which is fine. That's their prerogative. But, you know, you, you know, the, and especially these two mercurial players. Right. They'll be know. coming. I mean, once they get the, the three Pete. Right. They're they're probably going to be like, you know what? It's time to take my talents elsewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, Nets, yeah, yeah. All right. How about this, Simon? Since I can't seem to get you interested in any of the other goddamn questions I've asked, <laughs> let me try another one. <laughs> I feel like I've answered them politely and thoroughly. <laughs> hmm. Now, should I tell you what I think or what I hope? <laughs> Sorry for being thorough. <laughs> um, about your hopes and thoughts. Um, all right. Uh, the the odds, uh, the Vegas odds for championships next year came out. And the Nets had the highest odds of any team in the East to win the championship next season. As the league, as the teams are structured right now, you know, assuming no big shakeups in free agency, do you think that that um, ve- those Vegas odds are an accurate reflection of the Nets' chances of winning next season? Are they the best team in the East? No, um, for a couple of reasons. I, I think the biggest reason is something I've been banging on and, and you and I have been talking about for weeks now, months now. They got to get some defense. They they, If you look at the teams that have performed well this year and in years past, they don't just have good defensive schemes. They don't just have players that have bought in on the defensive end. They have genuinely talented defensive players. At least some, um, at least you know three to four, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say Jared Allen is our only like really solid, genuinely good defensive player, and even he can still get bullied by the likes of your Embiid's and your bigger centers. So he's not like flawless defensively, but he is. It's fair to describe him as a good defensive player. Other than that, I'm not sure we have anyone that you would say, there's a good defensive player, and I think we need several. Um, The other reason, William, that I'll give just quickly is I think you saw with the Clippers um, just how hard it is. It can happen. The Lakers proved it. But it's very hard to take a team, add two players who are going to be the biggest focal points and biggest keys to success for the team who have never played together before and on a team that has never played with them, I mean, except Kyrie for 20 games, um, and just assume that that team in a year's time is going to have the chemistry necessary to win a championship. I think that that's just a very tough ask. So from where you're sitting today, October 10th, 2020, Mm-hmm. Uh, right next to some bottles being systematically smashed <laughs> repeatedly. Um, would who which which teams in the East do you think have a better chance in your opinion? I think the Heat. Um, I think the um, Bucks. Honestly, I think the Bucks are gonna 
are are going to be better next year in in the in the postseason one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I'm trying to think. Uh, what about Sixers, Sixers or Celtics? Maybe. I actually, honestly, oh yeah, the Celtics very, very likely will get like a center. I think it's fair to say that they'll get a better center. That shouldn't be too hard. Um, and I actually don't think the Sixers will be better than the than the Nets, and that's more a reflection of my doubts about the Sixers. I, I, as I said to you, as I said to you last night, and many other times, I find them an extremely fascinating team, but I mostly view them kind of as like a. a train wreck that you can't look away from more than like a successful team. But yeah, maybe, maybe they could be, you know, they could be like a Shaq Kobe situation where everyone was like, Oh, those are two, you know, very talented, but hopeless to, you know, work together players. Um, that, you know, but I don't really see either one of them as Shaq or Kobe. Yeah. Okay. I, I would agree with you. I don't, I think it's way too soon to declare the Nets the clear favorites in the East. I think we're going to have to see what it looks like with KD and Kyrie out there. Um, one thing I heard some people on a podcast discussing about the Nets was the fit of KD and Kyrie. And surely we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. But they were expressing some concerns that Kyrie, that KD might not love playing with a guy who uh, is transcendent with the ball in his hands, but the the key there is the ball is in his hands. <laughs> um, yeah. But do you think that that from a basketball perspective, these two are? Uh, I mean, you know, we don't have to get into the emotional part and the off court right. stuff, but basketball wise, are they a good fit? I don't know. To me, I, I mean, I guess we'll see. But to me, I, I think, I mean, we saw a team just with Kyrie Irving that offensively was a top five offense, right? You could quibble certainly about how they played offensively. It wasn't always the most visually pleasing because there was not a lot of ball movement. It was pretty much the Kyrie show. But that Kyrie show was a top five offense without Kevin Durant. I kind of, I, I would take, take that and think that adding Kevin Durant to that offense is not going to make it worse um, and has a decent chance of making it better, even if it's just the two players kind of taking turns, like this plays for you, that plays for me. And I would also add that, especially with Steve Nash as the coach who is was like his bread and butter was um, pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. Like he must have ran ten thousand pick and rolls with the Suns. Um, that is a, in, at the very least, an intriguing pick and roll duo to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, before we fully move off of the Philly thing. I mentioned this to you last night, but I'd like to talk about it formally on the show. Mm-hmm. And that is my creeping suspicion that the Nets will be going for a third star, and it is going to be a person that much of the league did not expect to be available. 
and that is not one of the people that we have talked about ad nauseum in podcast after podcast after yeah. podcast. It's Drew Holiday. <laughs> right. It's not going to be Bradley Beal, <laughs> and it's not going to be Drew Holiday is what I'm saying here. Um, and I think one of the, a perfect candidate for something like that. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think that like uh, James Harden is out of the picture or, uh, you know, really out there. Something you never would have thought could happen is is possible. But the one I'm, I want to focus on now is Joel Embiid. I think there is I think Philly may listen to some offers for the guy. And I feel like if we were to offer up a sign-and-traded Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen, Mm -hmm. that that is a package that could reasonably convince the Philly front office to move on that. That would solve a ton of their their um, offensive woes. They would have a bunch of people that could play make and shoot threes all of a sudden. They would have a replacement center in Jared Allen, who, though clearly no Joel Embiid, is still functional. <laughs> Uh, and not going to to clash with Ben Simmons, and is not going to clash. He will defer, 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 and then they can finally start building around Ben Simmons by just putting shooters all around him, as they should have, like they do with the Giannis team or something like that. Um, and then we, in return, would get Joel Embiid, an absolute monster, when he's locked in, arguably the best player in the NBA, um, but. He would also fit the new the new Nets mold of uh, off court issues of real questions about um, him as a teammate, uh, all sorts of questions swirling around the guy. But because we're the BK Nets of 2020, we like to bring those types in, give them a give them a, a new home. And sort of revitalize their career by just essentially handing them championship after championship uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, I think that he would fit really well with those other two. He He could be the defensive anchor that this team desperately needs. And I think that he would look up to... Uh, hopefully not Kyrie too much, but at least Kevin Durant, who um, could possibly motivate him to, say, get in shape, which has been a huge knock against Embiid. His conditioning has been uh, not what you would hope um, from your superstar, uh, you know, focal point of your team. Um, and... And that just seems like one of those moves that there's been zero reporting on. Um, there's, uh, but you know, kind of makes sense and is a big, splashy, very Marxian style move. What do you think? Well, so I would say first that I would take that trade in a heartbeat. I would even, if it meant that the Nets, I don't know, in some sort of three-way trade, the Nets would give over some sort of like picks to a third team in exchange for that team taking on um like um a Tobias Harris or um Al Horford uh, or Al Horford right I don't know 
if the Nets could really take them on because their salary cap is so big, but maybe they could provide incentives for another team to eat those salaries, which the Sixers would like and, you know, would, would make them more comfortable parting with Joel Embiid. Um, I would be fine with, I mean, Joel Embiid, I hated, you know, and, and still hate, um, based on how mean he was to Jarrett, uh, and, and what a bully he is, but were he on my, were he a net bully? Uh, you know, he's, I mean, he's like a, he's the ultimate goon who's actually like extremely talented, not just, uh, in the mold of a Jay Crowder or something who kind of, you know, has to scrape by, but is like a really talented, but also really tough, fierce player. Um, I, my worries, William would be, uh, whether he would be okay being a third banana. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I would love for Kyrie to be the kind of player that would say, you know, maybe we're kind of a co second star or even maybe Kyrie could be the third banana, but Kyrie has shown no indication that he's willing to do that. It's not even clear if he'll be the second banana to Kevin Durant, <laughs> let alone right. um, Joel Embiid. So um, that worries me. But, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, if, if the Sixers would do it, I mean, you got to take Joel Embiid. I, I just, I mean, I think he's a tremendous talent. I would much rather have him. And Ben Simmons, I know that's a controversial opinion, particularly since the way the Sixers played in the playoffs this year with just Embiid. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen more of him. I, I've seen more playoff success from him than I have of Ben Simmons. So I, I, I don't know. I would be thrilled with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be an amazing get. And I, if, if we got Joel Embiid, I would definitely think the Nets could be considered the favorites in the East. Mm-hmm. Um that said, final question on this probably uh, groundless uh, hypothetical. Uh, well, definitely groundless. I'm not basing this <laughs> on anything anyone has has said. Uh, it's just pure fantasy. But that's what the offseason's for and why it's wonderful. Um, yeah. Do you think that um, DeAndre Jordan would still demand to start over <laughs> Joel Embiid? We might have to put uh, Joel at the four. Is Joel cool coming off the bench <laughs> behind DeAndre Jordan? That's my question. <laughs> um, I, you know, <laughs> I think um, I think he might have to be. Uh, it'd be great if we could instead of instead of sending Jared in that trade, we could send DeAndre. That would be great be great if we didn't have Kyrie Irving on this team and had a two-way player <laughs> who could play more than 20 games a, a year. Yeah, that would be nice, too. Wow. It's fun to just talk about some things that would be nice, isn't it? Maybe next episode we could just talk about nice things. <laughs> that sounds good. A little uh, net therapy. A little net therapy. All right, Simon, I'm going to name – I'm going to read two names out loud, Okay. Okay. And I want you to just free associate, okay? Let me know how you feel about these names that you're hearing out loud. Um, and tell us what you know about them. First, okay. Maryland big Jalen Smith and TCU sharpshooter Desmond Bain. Okay. Four. <laughs> Start Four. with either. Either. 
For uh, Smith, I hear that his nickname is Sticks, <laughs> which is terrible news. Um, is he a skinny? He, he So it's funny. I, I know I hate to bring them up, but uh, the, the Glue Guys, our rival podcast, as you know, Mike Smeltz, the co-host, is um, from Maryland. Uh-huh. So he was talking about him, and he was like, he, I don't want – Jalen Smith on the nets like he is he's got a big torso he's like top heavy but his legs are very tiny <laughs> um hence the nickname sticks um and from what I've read on on um the ringer on him I just feel like I, I would be interested in him because he could be a stretch four that's what's exciting about him he's 610 he shot pretty well from three. He shot like 38% or something from three. And he's at least defensively interested. And I think he's like a smart defensive player. Um, doesn't sound like he's terribly athletic. And again, it seems like at least in the short term, he might be kind of bullied down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be open to him. The the um, the other guy, what's his name again? Um. Hold on, let me consult my notes here, Simon. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 not your fault. TCU sharpshooter Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain I'm actually more excited about um, because I think he could be a, a nice uh, wingy dingy um, for us. Uh, now, I think, <laughs> speaking of free association, William, I would say – Joe Harris is the name that comes up, not just because he's compared to him in the New York Post, but also too much like Joe Harris because he sounds like he also has the drawbacks of Joe Harris, not particularly athletic, has the dreaded uh, negative wingspan, 6'5 wingspan, 6'6 height. Standing height. That is bad. I think I have a negative wingspan. Yeah, well, I, you know, I wouldn't want you out there either, no offense. Um, some, some take it. But he, but, um, you know, he, on the ringer, it's like he's a good team defender. Um, he, he is also defensively inclined, right? He's a hustle. He's a high motor guy. Yeah. And he's a fabulous three-point shooter, at least in college, and did it for four years. So good sample size. Um, I think that would be a good Oh, he's a four-year addition. guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. So he'd be ready to lock and load in our championship run next season? I I think as much as any rookie would be, it sounds like, from my expert analysis, yes. I think he would be good. He would be ready to go. Great. Um, preference of those two? Definitely Bane. De- um, definitely Bane. Even though I do have a thirst for stretch fours, I feel like the fact that we have Kevin Durant is a little less pressure, and I feel like Rhodey was good, um, at least in the bubble, and maybe gives me hope that he could be a stretch for. Yeah, agreed. Um, hopefully, yeah, whatever ha- – we'll, we'll just forget this season ever happened, and next season Rhodey will be back <laughs> to an exciting player. Right. Um, all right, let's – before we go to our theme, Simon, I want to hit up assistant coach corner because it is a <laughs> – <laughs> It is a niche that we we like to hit every now and again. Yeah. 
All right, assistant coach corner, and I quote, Phil Handy of the Lakers has been mentioned before. This is the first time Brian Keefe of the Thunder has been identified as a possibility to add to the staff of what we presumed was the head coach, Steve Nash's um, crew, but is now one of many head coaches on the team alongside KD and Kyrie. Um, Phil Handy, Brian Keefe, Give us a little backstory, particularly on Brian Keefe, Simon. What's this guy? Where is he? What's his pedigree? Where does he come from? What do you? Is he an X's and O's guy? What do you like most about about Brian Keefe? Keefe. Okay, first of all, I hope you've set aside about thirty minutes for this because <laughs> I have an encyclopedic knowledge of of the Keefe, the Keefster. Um. He sit on your keister and listen to me talk about the keister. Um, he is from Oklahoma City. I mean, he was coaching yeah. with with Billy Donovan, right? Yeah, Under over Billy there Donovan. with the Thunder. Yeah. Um, and that's all I know about him, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Wow. So we're not going to be sitting on our keister for that long, actually. No, no. But uh, I think, and I think he was also coached Kevin Durant. When when he was when he, when was, he was in Oklahoma City, okay, so that's the connection there. I think so. All right. Um, are you you know gun to your head, Simon? Someone says, "Are we getting a Phil Hand? A, we we can take either Phil Handy or Brian Keefe." <laughs> okay, and okay. it's up to you, Simon McCormick, to make this call. Who are you? Who are you taking? I would definitely take Phil Handy because I would want anyone that Kyrie Irving can stand and might even have a chance of listening to on our squad. I want the absolute most, like the the people who can influence Kyrie Irving the most, I want them on their staff, even if that is like someone with zero coaching experience. Like if we could get Kyrie Irving's dad on the bench, I would – I would pay. I would happily have him be paid millions of dollars to to sit there and tell Kyrie, like, you know, maybe pass the ball more or whatever. Right. Um. So I'm looking into Brian Keefe a little bit more on Wikipedia. Okay. He transferred. Uh. In 1997, he transferred to UNLV. He was one of the running rebels, Simon. So I probably saw Keefe play in college. Oh. Um, Because they were still, I think the Lobos were still in the whack at that time. And uh, he was named captain of the team, led him to an NIT appearance. Excellent. So. Excellent. I mean, we were, jo- we were joking. NCAA. We were joking earlier, but I have probably seen. I'm not probably like I have a hundred percent seen Brian Keefe play basketball when I was a child. Uh, great. So, gun to my head, that's who I'm choosing. Okay, that makes sense. You got you got to go with your childhood uh, icon. Right. He left an indelible impression on me as a young as a young man. <laughs> All right, so our theme this week is called Netsplaining. Yes. And, Simon, would you do me the great good service of um, explaining what you mean by Netsplaining? Sure. So, folks uh, may have been aware of a vice presidential debate 
this week in which the corporate media, in a desperate attempt to never talk about any sort of substantive issues around either of the two uh, presidential candidates, uh, have stuck to exclusively talking about whether Pence uh, interrupted Kamala Harris too much, whether he was mean, nasty, and mansplaining to her, which um, I had always understood, and, and, and I checked with Hillary, and this, this to her was correct. She has a better understanding of these, of these uh, hip terms than I do. But I had always thought that uh, mansplaining was when somebody, like a, a man, it, it, like tells some it tells a woman in a condescending way something that they already know so let's say there's like a woman who's a doctor and a guy is like yeah this is penicillin it's a drug that they use to treat bacterial infections or i, I think that's what penicillin is anyway a, doc, a doctor would know that um right. and you know they're like telling them something that they clearly already know so in this case, I think that's actually a mis- misappropriation of that term a bit, and I think they kind of just mean like a man being rude in a way that men are uh, often rude to women. But in this case, so given that, so wait, I think, it's not it's not explaining um, something no, that's it, very obvious. No, it is. Exp- yes, it 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 is. It is doing that, but it's often doing it to somebody who would definitely know. Like it's it's not – I think it's usually not just something that's like – it's not like being like the sky is blue. It's more like telling, uh, I don't know, a financial regulator something about, uh, I don't know, how banks function or something. Right, what you the know SEC what I mean? is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. But but in this for this to make any kind of sense, William, we have to for Nets explaining to make any kind of sense, and it's already a stretch as you can tell. Um, I think we have to go with the uh, uh, people being rude and um, saying things that are are mean um, about about the Nets um, to Nets fans for this to work. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess my question, I mean, there, there are a lot of them, but I'm going to try to stick <laughs> to the most uh, pertinent. Um, who do you feel? Can you give us a couple examples of people netsplaining? And then we're going to like talk about whether they have uh, whether these netsplainers have a point or whether we we think that they're just being assholes. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. That's what's you going get on. It. Yeah, I get yeah. it. <laughs> sure. So, so rural juror. <laughs> so, um, yes. So, a couple of examples. One was the podcast that um, you sent me called what was it? Basketball buds. Yes, basketball buds on the athletic, where several of the um, participants in that podcast. We're talking about how not only do they think the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant thing is not going to win a championship, but that is actually going to like implode and be a disaster. Um, and right. then which would which, what, what? Yeah, right. OK, sorry. Keep going. Oh, no. And then uh, similarly um, on the um, 
Hoops Adjacent podcast, also on The Athletic, with one of the participants in the previous podcast. Big uh, Waz. Big Waz. Who, by the way, I'm thinking about reaching out to see if he wants to come onto this show. Sure, sure. He's He's an actual leftist, by the way. Oh. Yeah, so I was thinking maybe we could have him on to talk about politics and sports. Sure, okay. Um, I mean, I hope, uh, I hope a, he's doing most of the talking <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to come up with some not insulting questions, um, <laughs> that, that indicate that I have some knowledge of this. Um, so yeah, so, so, and he sort of reiterated that he, he just feels like, um, they're, they're not really going to work together. Well, uh, on one of those podcasts, I think it was the first one. They talked about, as you mentioned, that in the limited sample size of the 2016 Olympics, um, that KD was not particularly effective when on the court with Kyrie. Although your our buddy, friend of the show, Alex Schiffer, had um, a few plays that that uh, that he highlighted where they where they were. But on the whole, it sounds like they, he was not particularly effective. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I don't know. So what, what, what do you think about all that? About that, ne- that net explanation? Yeah, exactly. Um, do I think it's going to be a disaster? Um, I guess it sort of depends what they mean by disaster. Does it mean like we get, we like lose in the first round of the playoffs or does it mean like they don't even finish a season together because one of them demands out by free agency mm-hmm. or like, like what scale disaster are we talking about? Because yeah. if it is just like not winning the championship, yeah, I believe that to be true. Um, uh-huh. Like I think it's really hard to win a championship. And I think yeah. that these two, um, you know, are really good players, but they're so unbelievably volatile that it would have to be like the perfect storm for this thing to work. You know, so many things would have to, to break right for us. Um, that I don't think that that's, that that's highly likely, but I don't think it's a disaster if say like we get to the conference finals or something like that and get bounced, uh, but I do think it would be if, if what they mean by disaster is like what appears to be French BFF friendship right now um, devolves into like bitter enmity between the two. Um, you know, I th- I think they'll make it a year <laughs> or, a se- you know, a season. Call, call me an optimist. I think they'll make it a season. Uh-huh. Um, but I do think that like. You know, if they don't get that far in the playoffs or something, that could sort of sow this. Like, I think they can get through the season being like, eh, yeah, there's some ups and downs, ups and downs. But like Kyrie, of course, will be like, I'm a 16 game guy, you know, like 82 games doesn't mean shit. I just I'm going to hit the last shot, the game winner and the get in the, in the finals, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think, you know, they can keep rationalizing as like, yeah, this is a little rockier than we thought, but like, wait till the playoffs, wait till the playoffs. And then they're going to get to the playoffs. And if it doesn't go, um, super well, I mean, you're seeing this all around the league, like, like with the Clippers, they fire their head coach, 
people are like, is Paul George going to get bounced from from the Clippers um, in in Houston? They get bounced in round two. Is is uh, Westbrook washed? Is he even going to is he going to get traded? Are they going to blow the whole thing up? So like. The playoffs are where all this stuff happens. So when yeah. they say when they say it's going to be a disaster, I mean, I I think they're gonna we're gonna get through the season, and it's not going to be a disaster until and if um, uh, there's disappointment in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree, and I I am glad you. S- s- yes, I, I I think you're absolutely right to focus on what the definition of failure is. Um, because I too feel like I, I will just say personally, as this one Nets fan, I will not be terribly disappointed if all that we get from this from this duo is a trip to the um, Eastern Conference Finals. Like I think that is really good to, yeah. to be one of the two best teams in the East. Obviously, I would love to win a championship, but it's like hard to to do it's as you said really hard to win a championship and it's pretty hard even to get to like the conference finals like um particularly for a team i know we like to flatter ourselves by saying we're a big market team but in by many metrics we're not right (laughs) so fans (laughs) attendance yeah Yeah. exactly um right ratings um so I don't know. I think it'd be pretty good to to be and to be able to again. This is a very personalized definition of this, but to be able to walk fifteen minutes to an arena, I mean, again in COVID non COVID time, to a team that is one of the two best teams in the East and maybe I don't know top five or whatever in the NBA, top six, that would be awesome. So um, you know, if that is what happens, that would be great. If it, if short of that, if we are just a second round team this year, I think that as you pointed out with the Rockets and the Clippers, I think the Nets would not be, um, immune to a similar, you know, catastrophic, what do we do? Steve Nash is out. Do we trade Kyrie? Is Kevin Durant, you know, not good anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I agree. So, what are we saying? Are we saying that the the Nets planers are are wrong, or that we just need clarification on their definitions <laughs> of disaster? Yeah. Well, to me, it sounded like they were they were sort of saying like disaster, meaning like kind of like a Sixers level like shitstorm, right? Swept in the first round, right? Lifeless. Uh, right. Something has to, clearly has to change. Um, yeah, and, at the end of the and, and there are like books written about the dysfunction or something. Right, right, right. Oh, I think there could be some great books written about this <laughs> season. Honestly, <laughs> um, yeah. This, I mean, this is going to be uh, definitely the most dramatic dramatic off-court season that we will ever have have witnessed with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I mean, this one was pretty fucking dramatic, you know, right. uh, on, on the Nets, <laughs> and we didn't even have one of the two of them going. Right, and we didn't even, the comments weren't even, like, the, 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 the Kyrie comments that stirred all this were not even really, it's not even clear if they were built out of animus, right? Right. But they weren't even, like, angry. It was like, yeah, I think we need other players. And I think I like these five, but 
So who cares? Like, I'm just talking here. Like, right. a, like a, a Kyrie upset like he was in at the, the Celtics, you know. Oh, yeah. We have yet to see that. No, we have not. We have not um, seen him go nuclear. <laughs> and hopefully we don't. Hopefully yeah. we're just hanging banners, right? Yeah. Um, all right, Simon, where can people find us? Okay, folks, you got to find us at maybe next time on Twitter, on Instagram, and probably on Facebook, although we've pretty much gone the way of everyone who's not a right-wing reactionary and abandoned Facebook. Um, and although if you are a right-wing reactionary, please follow us on Facebook. Um, <laughs> uh, what the hell happened to our country? Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> make Facebook great again. Right. Make Facebook great again um, while simultaneously thinking that they're part of a left-wing plot to destroy them. Um, the Anyway, sorry. Um, also, send us your questions, your thoughts, your comments. If you find my comments just now offensive, send us an email. Maybe next time at gmail.com. Not too mean now. No. Um, maybe, maybe next time at gmail.com. And please, please. K- kindness is contagious. Kindness is contagious. Pass it on. <laughs> um, much like the virus ravaging us. Um, <laughs> um, uh, kindness is airborne. Um, the <laughs> Take your mask off for kindness. <laughs> Breathe it in. Um, okay. And review us uh, anywhere you get your podcast pretty much. If we're not on a platform that you use, first of all, kudos, you're using a pretty out there platform. Yeah, that is but, wild stuff. You are but, you are black edging <laughs> it out there. But let us know. And if we are on a podcast platform you use, please rate and review us. Give us the five stars, please. We think we deserve it. And even if you don't think we do, do us a solid. Give us a five star. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, Simon, two more assistant coaches you might be interested in. Maurice Cheeks, Darvin Ham. Either one jumping off the page for you? Uh, I don't know Darvin Ham. I don't think. Although the name sounds kind of familiar. I think he's an assistant for the Bucks. Okay, okay. He's been I, I, mentioned in relation to a lot of potential head coaching jobs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, Mo Cheeks, I believe, used to be a coach for, like, the Trailblazers long ago. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, but I think so. In short, I don't really know anything about either of them. Um, I sort of view – I don't know about you, William, but I sort of view assistant coaches the way I view two-way players. Um, endlessly fascinating. <laughs> kind, yeah. Kind of know them, but don't really pay attention to them or right. care much about them. <laughs> right. And with that, folks, we're going to go ahead and say we are going to see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording. Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper